Good morning. Good to see you. What a beautiful day. I was reminded this week by someone that when we come to Jesus, he doesn't meet our needs. But he makes us new. He makes us new. And I'm hanging on to that. Whether that he takes all of the rubbish, all of the garbage in our life, and he makes them into something beautiful. That was the second song that we sung there. And sometimes that happens in this world, and that's great. But sometimes we have to wait until we uh, get to heaven. Uh, when we're given new bodies. Anyone looking forward to a new body in heaven? Amen. Amen. I'm going to get a new back. Phil's going to get a new face. Okay. Is that a threat or a promise? Oh, no. Where are we going? Oh, my goodness. Where are we going? Back to the beginning. You did that deliberately, Phil. <laughs> Take me back to the beginning. Well, it's good to be with you uh, on this day. Uh, there we go. To paraphrase the great 20th century theologian Frankie Valley, <laughs> grow is the word. It's the word that you heard. It's got groove, it's got meaning. Grow is the time, is the place, is the motion. Grow is the way you are feeling. Grow is the word, is the word, is the word. Grow is indeed, that was for the 70s and 80s people amongst us. Uh, Grow is indeed the word. It is the word for City View in 2019. It's the word that's on everyone's lips. All over Vancouver, people are talking about this word. It's a beautiful word. It's a beautiful, beautiful word. Um, We're hearing it everywhere. People at City View are painting about the word. Isn't that wonderful, Laura? Fantastic. What a beautiful picture. People are writing poems about it. We're going to be hearing Arlene's poem next week. Uh, People are taking photos about it, and people are even writing songs about the word. And hear this, people are writing songs about it before Grow was revealed to be the word for them to write about. Frank came up to me on Sunday straight after the service and said, you never guess what, on Saturday I wrote this song and this chorus and this chorus is, I'm, I'm learning, slowly learning to guard each word I say. I'm trying, really trying to listen and obey. I'm not satisfied with where I am. That's what we said last week, wasn't it? Uh, in my heart is such a yearning, but with your help I will arrive. I'm slowly, slowly learning. Frank wrote that on the Saturday. I'm going to call him Prophet Frank now. <laughs> He's Prophet Frank. He knew. He knew. But grow is in the air. All you need is grow. And we want, to <laughs> we want to grow this year. We want to grow as individuals. We want to grow as a church. I believe God is calling us to grow, not grow physically. To be honest, some of us have grown too much that way over Christmas. 
But I'm not talking about growing our girth. I'm talking about growing spiritually. Grow closer to Jesus. Grow as people of God. Grow in the likeness of Jesus. Grow to be the person that God has created us to be. Grow in a certain area of our lives. Grow so that we bring glory to him. It's the year of growth. And I asked you last week, let me know what areas you felt as though you wanted to grow, where you sensed God was calling you to grow this year. And you told me, and, and they basically came up, you came up with loads of these. Biblical knowledge, spiritual discipline, self-care, trusting God, compassion, faith, love, rejoicing, humility, courage, freedom of expression, prayer, speaking about God to others, parenting, marriage, service, thankfulness, patience. All of these things you're saying, Lord, I want to grow in these areas this year. And there'll be other areas that God will show you. And keep letting me know. Keep letting me know which areas God's revealing to you. This is where you need to grow. And we're going to look at these as we go through our Sunday mornings together. And as part of this series, I want to each week illustrate the topic of growing. A bit of show and tell. Do you remember those things at school? Uh, and uh, just so we keep invested in the Word. And... Uh, what I want to do this morning and on the second Sunday of each month this year, we are going to be gardeners. We are going to grow our very own City View plant. It's not that sort of plant. I've got a special bulb. I've got a special bulb. This bulb, when it grows... It flowers into the words of City View. It blooms and says City View. I think you you need a growing common sense, actually, but there we go. No, but it's a flower, and we're going to make it grow, and we're going to make it grow, but... The trouble is, I know nothing about gardening. I know nothing about growing things. So I've got a pot, and I've got a couple of bulbs that I bought. And I thought, you know what? I'll fill the pot with a load of stones. Because that will help my bulb grow, won't it? Good for irrigation. Good for But if that's the only thing I've got in there, that's all right, isn't it? No. <laughs> Well, the only other thing I've got are all these coloured cotton wool balls. If I just put those in there and put the bulb in, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Because that. Well, I ain't got anything else. <laughs> all I've got is this black stuff. It's called what? So oil. What's that? Is that is that is that any good? Should we try that? Look, there we go. I know. What do I do with the bulbs now? Which 
way up. That way up? Yeah. <laughs> what? Really deep. Really deep. Well, you do it then. <laughs> you think you know better? <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna <laughs> every, so on the second Sunday, in fact we're gonna plant two. One of them I'm gonna put outside in the light, and one I'm gonna put up in the attic. And what we get irrigation in the attic. Um, and what are we gonna do? <laughs> And what we're going to do on the second, on the, where are we? second Sunday of each month, we're going to see over the year at what happens to these plants. Wonderful. Okay. So, uh, actually, this is an important lesson for us. You see, before that, those bulbs can grow... We have to put them in the right place for it to grow. It has to be good sow oil rather than stones or cotton wool uh, balls. Otherwise, it won't grow. And it's the same if we want to grow spiritually this year. We cannot grow in any of uh, those areas if we don't have the right soil. We don't have the right solid foundations. And so for the next two weeks, we're going to look at the soil to grow, the foundations of spiritual growth. And, and next week, we'll look at some practical <coughs> foundations. But this morning, we're going to see that the most essential foundation for spiritual growth starts with an invitation. An invitation. We cannot grow spiritually this year without responding to this invitation. What's the invitation? Who gives it? Why is it so important? Well, it's contained in a few verses in Mark's Gospel that describes a life-changing encounter with four people on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. If you want to go to Mark... Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, right at the beginning there. And I'm going to read uh, verses 14 to 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, because they're fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When Jesus had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. (laughs) 
Jesus is walking along the banks of the Sea of Galilee and he comes across some fishermen minding their own business, just doing their job and he gives them an invitation. He says to them, hey, you guys, do you want to live a life that's bigger, fuller and more adventurous than the one that you're living? Do you want to grow in your life? Say yes to me, and when I've finished with you, your life will go from here to here. Jesus is walking along Main Street, and he comes through the doors of a church on the corner of the tw- of 28 and Sophia. And he comes across a funny assortment of people. Some accountants, some writers, some financiers, some lawyers... Some engineers, lots of misfits. And he says to them, hey guys, do you want to live a life that's bigger and fuller and more adventurous than the life you're living now? Do you want to grow in your life this year? Say yes to me. And when I've finished with you, your life will go from here to here. But he says to the fishermen and to the misfits on the corner of 28th and Sophia, if you really want to grow, you need to say yes to four invitations that I'm going to give you. Four invitations that are a prerequisite to growth. Here's the first one. We're invited to be a disciple. Jesus invites us to be a disciple. That's what he's called the fishermen to be. The Greek word in the New Testament for disciple is matthias. It means learner or student. It means apprentice. It means adopting the thinking of the master. It means imitating the behavior of the master. It means sharing the life of the master. So in order to grow, Jesus says, you need to be a disciple. And when you think about it, Everyone is a disciple of someone. We are a disciple of someone. Think about the job that you do. Who taught you that job? Who uh, gave you encouragement and time so that you could learn to be that person? Who did you learn from? Who came alongside you to become the employee that you are? What about a hobby? Who taught you that? Who encouraged you about that? Um, Frank is Phil's disciple because Phil is teaching Frank all about cooking and he's (laughs) learning from the master. Frank is a disciple of Phil. Think about a teacher at school. 
that person that really uh, just encouraged you. I remember my PE teacher at school, Mr. Ford. He taught me so much about sport. So much about the enjoyment of sport. So much about teamwork and playing as a team. And I still remember him to this day. I was Mr. Ford's disciple. So every person on this planet is a disciple of someone or some ideology. Bill Gates is a disciple of someone. Oprah Winfrey is a disciple of someone. Lady Gaga is a disciple of someone. Which means the question is not, will I be a disciple? The question becomes, whose disciple will I be? And that brings us to the second invitation from Jesus that we need to respond to before we can grow. We're invited to a relationship. Jesus invites us to become his disciples. Jesus invites us to come and apprentice yourself to me, he says. Attach yourself to me. Learn from me. Come share life with me. Jesus says to the fishermen on the shore, follow me. Me. That little pronoun makes all the difference in the world when it relates to Jesus and us growing this year. Jesus doesn't say, follow the law. He doesn't say, follow all the rules and regulations of the law of the land. He doesn't say, follow good morals. Find out what's right and wrong and follow right. He doesn't say that. He doesn't even say, follow my teaching. He says, come follow me. If you want to grow, you must follow me. And this is so important. It's what distinguished Jesus from all the rabbis and the philosophers of his day. You see, the rabbis called people to follow the Torah, the law. They told their followers, follow all the 613 rules laid down for you. And if you do that, then you're you're, you're in God's good books. The philosophers of the day called people to follow an idea, follow an ideology. But Jesus calls people to follow me. And this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. We're called, we're invited into a relationship. And this is what makes being his disciples so dynamic. This is what makes growing with him so exciting. You see, merely following a set of rules and principles and guidelines, they're so life-draining. But following Jesus, having a relationship with a living person, the living God, is life-giving and life-fulfilling. We have a new addition to the Josh family. Um... Here she is. 
Uh, my, son, <laughs> my son and his wife bought us Alexa this year for Christmas. Now, those of you who don't know Alexa, she's this annoying little woman who sits in the corner of your room and you ask her questions and she talks to you. But, I mean, to be honest, she, and she joined us at our first life group this week, which was, which was wonderful. She's okay, but to be honest, she's a bit mechanical. You know, a bit dull. There's lots of rules about Alexa. You know, you, can have, you have to download the app, and you have to say things in a certain way and speak to her in a certain way to get a certain response, a bit like a wife. Um, did I say that? <laughs> Watch my mouth. Um, but, but yeah... She hasn't got much personality, unlike a wife. Uh, see, Alexa is not going to change the way I live. She's not going to change my life. Because it's more of a transactional relationship. And a lot of us, I think, have a sort of Alexa relationship with Jesus where we keep asking Jesus questions and waiting for his response and telling him to do things for us, and he does them. But that's not the relationship that Jesus is inviting us to. He invites us into a living, breathing, intimate, and dynamic relationship. And we have to stress this, because if we miss that, if we forget this soil, this foundation, we will not grow. In fact, if we lose touch with this relationship, our endeavours to grow will just become painful or burdensome or boring. So we go to Bible study and small groups and prayer and worship and serving others will just become empty because it's things that we're doing. And we'll eventually get tired and we'll end up withering and and not growing. And that happens, we see that happening a lot to Christians who lose that relationship. Um, There was a man named Richard, Richard Halverson who was the chaplain of the United States Senate. And he made this observation. I think I've shared this with you before. But he said that Christianity began on Palestine soil as a relationship (coughs) with a person. Moved to Greek soil and it became a philosophy. It moved to Roman soil and became an institution. It moved on to British soil and became a culture. And it moved on to American soil and became an enterprise. If we lose that relationship, then everything else falls away. And we won't grow. We won't grow. It's about a person. It's about a person. Follow me, Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness. 
Me, 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 Jesus says. If you want to grow in 2019, you have to have a relationship with me, he says. So in order to grow, we need to accept the invitation to be a disciple and be a disciple of Jesus. Attach ourselves to Jesus in this intimate, dynamic relationship. And here's the third invitation. We're invited to follow Jesus says, in order to grow, you have to follow me. Not just read about me, not just talk about me, debate about me, or even sing about me, but follow me. This is an action word. It means and requires movement. There's no way to follow someone without moving. I got to fulfill a lifetime desire recently. Something I've always wanted to do. We were downtown with some friends and we were heading back to their house, but there wasn't room for all of us in their car. So they got in their car and there was a taxi just behind And I jumped into the taxi and I said, Cabby, follow that car. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) But what if the taxi driver just, yeah, I'll do that. Sat there. You see, he had to move to follow. The Greek word used by Mark for follow literally means here, right behind me. Jesus is saying to these fishermen and to us, if you want to grow, get right behind me. Hold onto my coattails. Hold onto my leg. And hold tight because we're moving. Maybe as parents you did this with your kids, but I used to play horses with my kids. And we used to get an old scarf and we'd tie it around me and, and they would hang on to it. And they would then have another scarf tied around them and they would hang on to it. And I would sort of run around and they'd be holding on. So much fun. And, and there'd be times when they'd just sort of fall over. And they'd still be holding on and I'm dragging them along and there's lots of bruises and lots of uh, laughter and it was just wonderful. Wonderful. A few scary moments probably. But such an adventure. They loved it. That's what our life's like following Jesus. Grab hold right behind me and hold on tight because there's going to be bumps and bruises and sometimes you're going to fall down and sometimes I'm going to drag you along but there'll be laughter but I promise you there'll be an adventure I noticed something about these fishermen 
Jesus called them to follow him. And, and what did they do? Well, they thought about it. <laughs> and they said, hang on, Jesus. Whoa, whoa. Give, give us some time. We just need to mull this over. So they consulted Alexa. <laughs> oh, they put it on Facebook. Tell you what, Facebook. Great idea. How many likes am I going to get for this? Uh, you know, that could determine uh, where we go. They chatted with their families, probably. And they waited until it was the, just the right time uh, for their family life and their business. Because the business was going really well. And, you know, they, they, they needed to wait until they had got everything together and they had made all their money. Just wait. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. At once. That's translated immediately. Without delay. That means they did it straight away. They didn't wait. They didn't wait. Why? Immediately. Why did they, they leave their business, their nets, their, they left their dad? I would have loved to have seen Zebedee's face in the boat. <laughs> Guys, where are you going? It's all right, we're following Jesus. Huh? They left all of them, left with work colleagues. Why? Well, Jesus was granting these four fishermen a huge privilege. Every first century rabbi had a circle of students around him who would literally follow him as he walked or rode down the road. You'd, you'd see them. There'd be the rabbi. If anyone's in um, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, you'll, you'll, you'll see that happening, that there's this rabbi and there's people following him and asking him questions all over the place. And in the first century, it, it meant that you know, they would join his school, they'd become his students. But the one thing that startled and surprised these fishermen was that back in the day, the rabbis did not choose their students. The students chose the rabbi. Would-be disciples would go around the community listening to rabbis, looking at rabbis and thinking, yeah, actually, I'll attach myself to that one. I like that one. I guess, you know, if it, today they would follow him on Twitter or something or, or Instagram, they would follow that person. They would choose the rabbi. But Jesus turns the tables. He becomes the one doing the choosing. He's the one who goes around the community looking for people to invite to join him. So these simple fishermen are thinking... He, he, he's choosing us. This guy that we've heard about, this guy that we've heard done amazing miracles, the people that they, they call him the Messiah, the chosen one, he's, he's choosing us. That would have blown their minds. And then, of course they dropped their nets. And guys, this is what he does today. He walks around this city and he says, you, you, you. 
Come here, follow me. And this morning, he walks around this church. And he says, hey, you, David, come, follow me. Steve, come follow me. Richard, come follow me. Michael, come follow me. I'm choosing you. Come, follow me. Follow me. Stay right behind me. Hold on to my coattails. And I promise that you will grow. Grow into the person that you're created to be. Because my dad made you. And he knows you inside and out. If Jesus stood in front of you now with that invitation, what would you do? Away, I go, Where are you up? Pros, cons. Go speak to my pastor. <laughs> you see, many of us are so good at putting things off, aren't we? My wife Linda keeps asking me to follow her to a spin class. <laughs> and those of you who don't know what spin class is, it's all these people on and they look like maniacs. (laughs) See, I know it's going to make me fitter. I know it's going to make me a better person. I know I'm going to be able to grow, but I'm good at finding excuses not to follow her. Sounds good. Great idea. You know what? I really just need to pluck my eyebrows today. I really don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to fit it in. I really want to join you and follow you, Linda, but I'm actually allergic to fitness. (laughs) Jesus is giving you and me an invitation. Follow me. And if you follow me, you'll grow. You'll grow in faith. You'll grow in trust. You'll grow in spiritual parenting. You'll grow in your marriage. What's our response? So we're invited to become a disciple, disciple of Jesus. We're invited to follow him, to hang on to him, hang on to his leg. And then the final invitation, we're invited to leave behind. We can't follow behind until we leave behind. Before the fishermen could follow Jesus, before they could be his disciples, before they could learn to grow to be the people that Jesus wanted them to be, they had to do something first. They had to leave behind. Look at these verses. At once, they left their nets. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. They left their nets behind. They left their dad behind. They left their work colleagues behind. It's pretty significant. You see, we cannot accept the invitation to follow Jesus if we're following something else or somebody else. We can't get behind Jesus and follow him down the road if we're actually going down another road. If ever I became a vegetarian, would you shoot me? (laughs) But if ever I became a vegetarian, 
I have to stop going down the road paved with pork chops and steaks. I'm on a different road now, paved with turnips and Brussels sprouts. I can't say I'm a vegetarian and carry on down the meat road. I've got to leave that road behind. And that's why many of us have problems growing in our faith. Because we're trying to follow Jesus but end up on the wrong road. Our heads get turned and we start following the the road marked greed. Or the road marked selfishness. Or the road marked my way. And we're wondering, we're heading down this road and we're wondering why we're not growing. And why Jesus, actually where is Jesus? Because we're following the wrong road. We have to leave that road behind to join Jesus on his road. And the simple fishermen understood that. They realized that they couldn't follow behind until they had left behind. They realized in order to grow, they had to leave things behind. This is what C.S. Lewis said. I love love this. (coughs) There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. They left their nets, their dad their work colleagues. What did all these things represent? Well, it seems to me that they represented their identity, their security. They had to leave behind who they thought they were, just fishermen, and what they thought gave them the most stability in their lives. And this is the hardest invitation to accept. In order to follow Jesus, in order to really grow this year, we may first have to leave behind some things in our life. We can't follow him and follow our own path. Maybe we need to leave behind our ego. Maybe we need to leave behind our own plans. Maybe we need to leave behind our identity. Maybe we need to leave behind the security of being in control. Maybe leave behind the fear of change. Leave behind being comfortable. When I look back in my life, the times I have grown the most is when I've left behind my security. That's just me. I don't know what it is for you. But I grow least when I'm too comfortable. When I begin to walk through life with my eyes closed. Now I can do this. It's easy. When I don't need to trust anything or anyone beyond trusting myself. That's when I grow the least. And because of that, and I've mentioned this to you before, that My greatest fear as a follower of Jesus is being too comfortable. Because I know if I get too comfortable, 
I won't grow into the person that God wants me to be. But when I want to grow, when I have that desire to grow, you know what God places in my heart? A seed of restlessness. He whispers, Trevor, there's more than this. There's more than this. Don't settle for where you are. Leave behind trusting in yourself for identity and security. And tell you what, come follow me again. And I'll be honest with you, that's where I am at the start of 2019. I'm restless. I'm unsettled. And I know I get grumpy when I'm restless and unsettled. And if I've been grumpy with you, I want to apologize. But see it as a good thing. Because I know that in that place, God is going to grow me. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. But I don't want to settle any longer. I want to leave behind. Leave behind. Maybe God's shaking you up. Maybe he's calling you to leave things behind that's holding you back. Jesus calls us to grow. He wants us to grow this year. Grow in all of these ways. But he says, you know what? You can't do it on your own. So he gives us four invitations. He invites us to be a disciple. He invites us into a relationship with him. He invites us to follow. Stay right behind him. And he invites us to leave behind those things that are stopping us from growing. And like all invitations, you know what's at the bottom of them? RSVP. How do you respond? Let's pray. Let's just sit invitations for a moment and allow God through his Holy Spirit to to speak into our hearts, into our lives. Invites us to be his disciple. To learn from him. To live with him. To share your life with him. And he calls us and invites us into a relationship. It's not mechanical. It's living and dynamic. He's speaking to you. He so longs to speak with you. To tell you how much he loves you. To tell you how much uh, he cares for you. And he has a life for you. A life that's bigger than you know right now. And he invites us to follow him. That means moving. It doesn't mean sitting and listening. It means moving. 
And then he invites us to leave behind. How do you respond to those invitations? Do you really want to be that person that he wants you to be? Do you really want to grow? How do you respond?